Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is Scott Scott Podcast, and I'm joined by John James Hutchinson, making his debut in the Scott Scott Podcast. John James, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. How are you? I'm not bad, not bad at all. So, we're going to be talking about uh, the weekend's action, uh, some games from the SPFL, and we'll be talking about the Hearts and Dundee game. Hearts won 1 0 at the weekend, their first win in a quite wee while. And first, he, uh, it was their first in seven. First in seven, yeah, and Ian Caffrey's only won five games. He took over in November, which is not a very great so start. Very so start. So you, John James, give me give me your, your uh, analysis on the game. I thought Hearts Hearts started the game really well. Hearts were looked like they were going to hit Dundee for about four or five, and then suddenly the, the wheels just came off, and then Dundee started creeping back into it, and you started to see the nervous Hearts that you've seen for the. Cathro regime. Because Dundee have been ever since they beat Rangers two one, they've really not been in the best of form. It seems like it seems like all the teams are getting that. Because like, you had them for seven. It's like, Aberdeen. Oh. That's what I'm talking about. Aberdeen. <laughs> I'm feeling sorry. I've just exposed them. I'm exposed yeah. now. <laughs> That's it. Which John one? James is uh, an Aberdeen fan. Yeah. But same as same as Hearts. Hearts. Cathro beat Rangers at Tynecastle as well. Yeah. And after one. that, never never seemed to take. Yeah, wait, right. I remember that in Cathro. Hearts beat Rangers 4-1 Then they went on to beat Motherwell 3-0 at the weekend mm-hmm. Well not that weekend like, was They played as midweek Then they went on to the uh, weekend played was, it not, was it not They beat Rangers They beat Motherwell And I'm not Don't quote me on that I'm pretty sure Then it was Aberdeen Came up And then Or it might have been A, a game in between But then when they came up Against Aberdeen It was just That was 2-0 at Pataudry The wheels just came Completely back off again Yeah And, and that was There was quite a lot of discuss, Like Debate Surrounding that game Because John Daly was going Back and forth yeah. And then apparently Craig Levine was in the dressing room, half time, mm-hmm. full time. So, but the main thing I really want to talk about here is right, Hearts, the 1 1 now. Ian Caffrey's fifth win since taking uh, charge in November. But Ian Caffrey, what, what do you make of his time so far? Very disjointed. It seems like they're hot and cold. It's been a tough start. Because I, don't, he, I don't think he got off to the best starts. I mean, Ibrox for his first game was not was, was a, a baptism of fire. Yeah, nobody really expected Ian Caffrell to get anything from that game. But me and you are fans of Ian Caffrell. Mm-hmm. And I've actually wrote a wee piece on Ian Caffrell <laughs> defending. And I was just talking about all, uh, about all the criticism he's received. And how I think it's been quite unfair and quite personal. But Ian Caffrell, I think, a lot of Hearts fans have turned on him already. But it's his first, it's his first managerial well, job. Look, look, yeah. at, look at one of his signings. Uh, I'm pretty sure Ginchelvez was his signing. Yep. Came in in January, he's got five goals already. He's, yeah, he's made quite a lot of... Needs time to gel. Yeah, I think he's made quite a lot of unnecessary signings. Like, there was a bit... I, I think there was too many, I think, Aaron Hughes, Aaron Hughes is a decent signing. I think they needed to plug, uh, plug that centre-back uh, pairing. I mean, uh, Suter. Suter has been hot and cold. They had a few foreigners, I know they've got, I don't even know, I'm pretty sure they lost one. Pretty sure they lost one, but they, I know they have a few others, but they need some experience in there. Yeah, they do. And I think mean, Aaron Hughes just came back off a of Euros. It's a good signing, Premier League player for most of his career. But if I'm being honest, Ian Caffrey, I think, give him time, right? This season, it'll just be, this time, just, like, he's, he's just they'll, getting... He'll finish in the top six. He's not, yeah, like, he's getting settled in, right? So, give him the summer, right? And if they say come around November time next season and nothing's changed, they've not improved, then maybe he can like maybe I was look to get rid of him or, or whatever. But the the board are obviously behind Ian Caffrell. Mm-hmm. Craig Levine is behind Ian Caffrell. So the thing is, just in my opinion, give the guy time and I believe he'll come good. Because the guy 
has coaching credibility. He's got coaching experience. Mm-hmm. So just give him time, I think. I mean, uh, the thing you've got to remember is his first managerial job. Yeah, that's quite, right. a, quite a big club in school. Not, not even quite. The hearts are a big club in school. In my opinion, the biggest club in Edinburgh. Shout out to all the Hibs fans. Oh yeah, my favourites. Uh, I mean, you could see how much of them, that win... And I know he's been famed for his dodgy, his dodgy press conferences. Oh yeah, his interviews are but just. I mean, you could see in the way he was speaking, in the way he was standing, uh, when his interview after the game, and it was like it was just a, he he himself said getting over that, getting over the line towards the end of the game. That's that's what they were focusing on, just getting the three points on the board, relieving themselves of some of that pressure, and move on to next week. Because some of the stuff he's been saying, mm. his interviews are just like what this is what he said about Celtic last week. Uh, like, if you take away the goal, uh, if you take away the goalpost, uh, <laughs> but it's good as Celtic. Uh, and then you've got the was it this is this is uh, what was it this is Hearts fans Real Madrid. It's like, don't know what you're getting it here, Ian. Yeah, I remember two years ago Rangers were actually linked with Ian Cafro, so pff, I don't know how well that would have went down. Well, you don't know because he could have been he would have had that year in the Championship. That's true, but I think at that point in time I think it was about 28, 29 I think that could have worked I think that could have been I think the Rangers job would have been too it, much I for think it could have worked in the championship I think it would have worked in the championship I think Rangers were they, their squad they had fair enough the sum the signings might have not happened but I think they would have been they would have been fine and they would have got up I think the, the test is always going to be the Premier League <laughs> what do you think about Chris Boyd and all these uh, comments about Ian Catherine he's been very very critical and but one thing Chris Boyd has been saying right is like I hope I'm wrong Boyd let's be honest you don't hope he, you're wrong <laughs> you've seen it in the comments he's been making like, was it he took to Instagram after a loss or something yeah and he was like, like smashed up laptop and it's I, like, all the Hearts fans will be returning their laptops tomorrow or something like that but see I bet anyone who like Chris Boyd has already got an article all written all prepared for uh, Ian Caffro's demise he's I told you so I'm not happy that I'm, I think, I'm right up <laughs> I think what Caffro's just got taught to do just to shut the haters well not even shut the haters up just to get them off his back for the rest of the season, they need, they, they, it's an absolute must to one, stay ahead of Partick. Because one thing I've noticed, right, see right when he got appointed, all the journalists have been very supportive of it, and they praised the appointment, very, it's quite a creative appointment, it's very different. They've been unique. saying, it's, it's, they've been saying one thing to him, and then going away, and then after a loss, they've been typing up all their, their, yeah. their negatives about what hurts. But it's only the, the footballers. The ex-footballers that mm. have been very critical of it. Stephen Craig and Boyd. It's the, like it's just because just because you've someone I, I mean it's just because you've played football doesn't necessarily mean you can coach it. For example, is it uh, what oh what's his uh, Ray at Saint Mirren? Alex Ray. Alex Ray at Saint Mirren. Look what, look what happened there. <laughs> Nearly took me. If he was still in charge, Saint Mirren would be gone. Saint Mirren would not have had the resurgence they had. They would have been down. They would, I reckon they would have been done already. Yeah, and I'll come to that later on. But uh, overall, um. So Ian Cathro, I hope he goes on and, uh, and does well at Hearts. But really, I just think they just need to give him time. Just really, they need to give him time. So we're off to Fur Hill next. Uh, Party Thistle beat uh, a struggling Motherwell side one mm-hmm. nil. Uh, John James, what was your thoughts on the game? I thought Party played typical Partick. Partick were t- tough, hard to break, break down, grabbing goals out of out of no, nothing chances Dylan strikes again gets his 102nd goal for the club and that was uh, Partick Thistle they've uh, officially secured mm-hmm. the top 6 and Alan Archibald he's done a good job there he has he's really done a good solid see, job at Partick the, Thistle the, the question I would have is see if Partick had done what Motherwell had done and had decided to, to sack their manager Partick were sitting bottom of the league in December if they'd have chose to sack Archibald then would Partick have been in the top 6? no I don't think so 
So I'm not, I'm not, by, I'm not by any means saying Motherwell should have kept Mark McGee. I think his time was up at Motherwell because Motherwell was struggling. Motherwell in this in the game against Partick didn't come into the game until half time, and then second half they improved, but still never really looked. Apart from the one odd chance, Cherney made a stunning save, but Motherwell never really in it. Right now, Motherwell sitting in the playoffs. So I said this a while back, right? There is a good chance Motherwell could go down this season. There is a real good chance. Because just the, I don't know, but Mark McGee, when they appointed Mark McGee, I, I was thinking, why are they going back? Like, it, and then obviously Mark McGee got them uh, top six last season. You could, uh, you could but, argue Mark McGee kept them up. McGee, uh, that, the results against Rangers, prob- uh, Rangers was that was Mark McGee in charge, was it not? No, it was Barraclough. Oh, the one-inch? No, oh, oh, that was uh, Ian Barraclough. Yeah. Ian Barraclough. Yeah, and he got sacked. The next he, got, he got sacked, then it was McGee, wasn't it? Yeah, that was Mark so, McGee, yeah. Mark McGee got them top six mm-hmm. uh, last season. And then this season it's just been a disaster. Or I don't think there was any way back from that incident at that, Pataudry. That incident, but like no team, no teams in the Premier League should be getting hit for seven. That goes as a shout out to Dundee and and Muddle, but no team at all should be getting hit for seven, and no manager should be reacting that way. Is that allowed to get that day? Nah. Honestly, just Mark McGee's I, brought, I he was pro- he was probably thinking about you know making this game rather than managing <laughs> Muddle. <laughs> oh Mark McGee and then he's brought a new game mm-hmm. that apparently according to Peter Martin the gaming world is buzzing about oh Mark McGee just... I can, I can, I'm, I'm, I'm already seeing him on the Motherwell team bus and the way all these fixtures him sitting <laughs> playing his game <laughs> oh man but th- that's no way that, that incident of Petodre that's no way a, uh, a Scotland assistant manager should mm. be reacting that is embarrassing but Mark McGee, I don't think any, I don't think anybody in Scottish football likes Mark McGee. I, I really apart from feel, I really feel that <coughs> as much as it pains me to admit, after you've already exposed me. So after after the infamous Craig Reid day at Petardry when they robbed us a second, I really shouldn't have a soft spot for Mullow, But I feel for, I really feel for the fans. I think the fans don't. The, fan, see, the uh, fans don't deserve the way Mark McGee was. See his post match interview that mm. day was like, alright, oh, it was just. He was very dismissive. Of yeah, the fans he was. As well. He was. And I don't think they deserved that. And just what he said, right? He was like, oh, oh just uh, well, the players, us and the players go back to the hotel, get our uh, tea and sandwiches, mm. and next day tomorrow we'll we review the game. Really? And I'm like, I mean, not even an apology, not one apology. Really, Muller should be looking at a team like this season anyway, because I wouldn't say Muller would normally be looking at a team like Partick Thistle. But Partick Fizzle are the blueprint for all all these teams that are so-called lesser clubs. They've made it in the top six. They've made it in the top six. Highest finish for... Highest, guaranteed highest league finish for 30 years. All on a similar or smaller budget than Mullow or Dundee or Inverness. Because Archibald deserves a ton of credit because mm. see in 2013... McNamara just bailed on him, went to Dundee United, and then Archibald was they were sitting top of the, the league and he was like, Man, you pick up. The amount of pressure Archibald was under in December whenever when it was I think I believe it was in December they went to Celtic and got I can't remember if they got hammered. I think it was don't quote me in this, but I think it might have been five 0 So they got beat that, five, that's, six them, nil. Si- that's them sitting bottom of the league going into going not even into January yet and they're sitting bottom of the league and that's when a lot of Fissile fans are like, We're gonna fall away here. But the reaction from I think it was at the turn of the turn of the new year he changed formation Partick Partick play three at the back and he's like when have you ever seen a a team like Partick play three at the back so he's changed it he brought in Niall Keelson he's brought no Martin Keelson sorry he's brought he's brought him in <coughs> and he's basically built a defence around him they've got players Dillon's firing goals Wallace is on form 
Chris Erskine, totally new player under oh, yeah, back, Chris, at, back at Thistle. Yeah, Chris Erskine, Chris Erskine had a, a bad spell done the United, and then he went back to party at Thistle, and now he's just thriving, he's doing really well. But credit the, to party at Thistle. The yeah. t- the, I think the tough ask that Thistle's going to have going into the next season is keeping a hold of those players. Yeah. Dillon, I don't see going anywhere. I think Dillon's he's he's committed to Partick, but his players like I think they've got that Mus- Mustafa or something like that. Yeah. He's he's a good player. He he they need, they need to keep him. Danny Devine's been solid at the back with, uh, Keon. And and also right credit to Partick Thistle here because they lost a real top player in Ziggy Gordon mm-hmm. in the January window there and then. They've obviously they're not really thought, uh, it's not really hurt them. Yeah, it's not. But Kerry Partick Thistle done well and well done to them getting the top six. So moving on, and we'll be talking about the Inverness and uh, St Johnston game. Inverness got beat three 0 by uh, St Johnston. Mm-hmm. Um, John James, what do you think of the game? I thought it was more of the same for Inverness. I thought St Johnston done what St Johnston do. St Johnston grind out results. They went one 0 up, and then Inverness just kept knocking on the door, but could never. Never get that goal, and then ultimately it cost them. Get a stupid sending off for, I think it was Larnell Cole. Uh, I think it was Descent. He got sent off for Descent, and that sums up, just really sums up Inverness right now. Silly wee mistakes, cost them games, and then it's Tremarco gives away the penalty, it's 2 0, and then at that point Inverness have just chucked it. St Johnson have went on to score their third. Fourth nearly came in the last minute with Liam Craig, but St Johnson again just. Yeah, so Tommy Wright. What more can you say? Continuously works wonders. A, not not even a solid job. He's done there. a fantastic job, a great job. Then he'll go on to better things. Especially considering that they had Swanson and Foster unavailable for due the, to that wee altercation. They, they had, they, so they've had two. Arguably, you would, I wouldn't say they're like, make or break, but they are match winners on their day. Because fair play, right? Um, Ricky Foster, right? He. Had a torrid time at Rangers when he set uh, setting spell back at the club. A torrid time, and then he left, went to Ross County. Same, uh, same could be said with Swanson. Yeah, yeah. Swanson was good at Dundee United. Went down to yeah. England, didn't work out. Just came back up and he's rejuvenated himself at St John's. Yes, I've seen quite a bit of Ricky Foster this season. He's actually been quite con- uh, consistent for St John's. He's been solid. He's but done well. I think that sums up Tommy Wright. Tommy Wright was able to lose those players, and I believe they also beat Hearts. They, they beat Hearts in midweek as well. So yeah. there's two games they've came through after the whole Hamilton Gate scenario. Yeah. And they've got six points, sitting six points behind Rangers. Sitting the and eight, com- yeah. comfortably as of right now, obviously if depending on the Scottish Cup winner, St Johnson will be playing European football yeah. next season. And I can't see anywhere but St Johnson going up. Well, going I don't see forth, don't yeah. see Hearts catching them. Yeah that. Because it's mad to think, right? Hearts were sitting second but uh, back in November, lots of games in hand and whatever, right? Sitting second now, they're dropped down to fifth. But this is, this is not about Hearts, this is about St Johnston and Inverness, but it's what job Tommy Knight's done well, there. But where we're going from Tom Wright, you go to the opposite end of the spectrum. And Richie Foran has had a one, one horrible in, time this season. One win in 21 games for Inverness. That, and that was, I'm sure it was against us. So Inverness have, it was a, it was a risky appointment and... It's, it's not worth it. It's a weird one because I think Inverness have the players. They they still do have the players and they've been very unlucky in some games this season. But at what point do you draw the line and they need someone in there that's experienced enough to keep them up? 
because yeah. they're five points adrift now, I think. It's yeah. It's, I think it's safe to say. I think everyone's it's, everyone's got Inverness to go down this season. I think it's just a case of who's going to be in that playoff spot now. Yeah, it's mad. It's, I think it's crazy to think Inverness have took points off Rangers and Celtic this season. And Inverness have taken points off of Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen. I don't. I believe that they. I don't know if they got a point at Tynecastle. Yes, they did. So they did. they've taken points. I don't. I don't know, obviously, they've just been hammered by St. Johnson, but that's. That's four of the top five that they've t- taken points off of the teams. Uh, they took the point against Celtic at the, end, the start of the season. They took the three off of Rangers. Took the point off Aberdeen at Petaudry. So they're going to these places and they're getting the odd points, but they're not doing it against the teams they need to do it against. Why was it John Hughes left Inverness last season? What, what was the deal with that? I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I think he was wanting more money? I don't or? know the ins and outs of this, but I, think, I believe it was something to do with he needed to, if he felt if he had to take the club forward he had to have some sort of investment and then the board obviously were not willing well, to do heard, that I've heard there's going to be a board meeting in Inverness in the coming days and foreign will be in discussion so whether they decide to risk it and give him the bullet before the split or they don't let him see it out I don't, I don't get that like, like, it's, too, it's too late I, to do that yeah. uh, it's too late I think they've got they've, the ship has sailed yeah, they, yeah they're stuck with him now so what's the point they may, as well, the they may as well show at least stand behind him so the players equally feel they need to stand behind him to keep him going because Fordham as a player he's been in many relegation battles as a player and yeah. he's, he's been in the trenches and he's, keep, he's kept teams up he's been there with Motherwell he's been there with Inverness so if you want if there's a man that knows how to do it it's him yeah. the players just need to get that mentality that he had as a player and transform that into results because they're going to be playing teams around him so it's not as if they're going to be coming up against Celtic or the Rangers or the Aberdeen but they need to pick up. They need to start picking up results. Yeah, yeah, definitely do. But it's uh, it's not looking good for for MRS and they're my bet to go down this season. I finish bottom, and that's uh, just my opinion. I think. And same you as well, MRS. Yeah, I think MRS. Well. I think MRS are too far gone. Yeah, I agree. So a quick round up uh, from uh, the SPFL's uh, weekend games. And right after this, we'll discuss Aberdeen v Rangers, right? Mm-hmm. So, Celtic one three one against Kilmarnock. Um, pretty much same old, same old dominance from Celtic. Yeah. Celtic, Celtic went one 0 up. Celtic thought they could just stroll the rest of the game in second gear, and then Kelly stunned them, gave them a wee freight, went one each, and it was a matter of minutes later, Celtic go back two one. I think it's expected. Unlucky, it's unlucky for Kelly. Kelly, that obviously confirmed they won't be in the top six. But you're at Parkhead. What what else do you expect? And Brendan Rodgers, uh, we mentioned, um, everyone expected Celtic to win ev- the league this season. Everyone expected him to win the league. I think mean, he should be given a bit of praise for yeah. the fact that they're unbeaten still. But at the same time, when your budget's that of which Celtic's is, when your budget squashes every other club in mm. Scotland, you're expected to. I think there's a crazy start or something like that. If you combine seven clubs in Scotland. That still wouldn't reach Celtic's budget. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And see the Rangers when you compare Rangers and Celtic just now. When Rangers are spending one point uh, eight million on Joe Gardner, then you go and see Celtic spending four million pounds on Scott Sinclair. Like, how can you compete? <laughs> you just you can't compete. But Rogers, he's done well this season. But Lee McCulloch. Um, Lee McCulloch's arguably saved Kelly's season. I yes. thought, I thought Kelly were a shoe in to be in at least a relegation spot. I, I, I still thought um, before what's, what's that guy's name again? The name escapes me. Oh, oh, it's going to noise. <laughs> oh, it's going to noise. Oh, his name. 
Lee Clark. Lee Clark. Lee Clark. Aye. When Lee Clark like, when Lee Clark was still there, I still thought apparently he, he was a, apparently he was doing some dodgy training stuff though that the players didn't enjoy. I think he brought a host of lonesome. He apparently had the players in cryogenic chambers and stuff like that. <laughs> <That's> bizarre. <laughs> using but, using co- uh, co- cold therapy or something like that. And apparently the players didn't take to it at all. But Lee Clark, is, I still thought if Lee Clark stayed, Kelly would have just stayed up. But Lee McCulloch came in, saved him, and they... By seeming, seemingly introducing new training techniques as well. Uh, and they just, I'm, per- I'm personally a fan of the pitch. Of the pitch in the, in the, in the dressing room. room. I'm a big I've fan seen, of that. I've pitch. seen some comments uh, of a derogatory manner about it, but yeah. at the same time, I think it's a smart idea. I think it gets the point across without having to use the wee board. Yeah, it's a big fan. It's a big, I'm a big fan of that, and uh, credit Lee McCulloch. But see if this was down south, um, and you're speaking to Marcella, if uh, this was Jose Mourinho mm. or Conte doing this, it'd be like, oh, brilliant genius. I think it's just a lack of respect for Scottish football if I'm being honest because uh, you were telling me you were uh, on Twitter and then uh, BBC Sport had done a wee piece about it then all the comments were tin pot lead tin pot lead from uh, English fans and yeah. I'm like but if that was Jose Mourinho they'd be like genius brilliant I think if you've seen managers such as Carlo Ancelotti uh, Pep Guardiola if you've seen all of them wheeling out all these different things across the across the big clubs in Europe such as like Bayern Munich the Real Madrid and the Barcelonas this would all be deemed Insane, insanely imaginative. Yeah, they'd be like, "This but, is so brilliant." But yeah. because it's Lee McCulloch at Kilmarnock in Scotland, yeah. it's like, "Oh, that's that's so amateurish." It's like, ah, but you're you're still taking notes on what you're going to be doing with your team on Saturday. So, mm-hmm. fair play to Lee, it's working. Yeah, it is, it is indeed. So, uh, moving on, we'll talk about uh, the Hamilton and the Ross County game, which finished, in it finished one, one each, each, one each, yes, and overall. Martin Cannon Hamilton a club that annoys me Hamilton I feel they perform so poorly for 60% of a season and then they always just seem to just they have, towards the finish line they just start picking yeah. up these points so I was saying I was like you know what I, like, I, was, I said it's, like, start of the season Hamilton are going to go down it's absolute yeah. madness that Hamilton caught Inverness caught Motherwell and are now sitting above sitting the relegation playoff as well. And see if the edge, I would be very surprised because I think everyone was saying about two or three weeks ago, right, Hamilton are going down. But the same could be said, they got a point from this game, but County were lucky that Hamilton got reduced to 10 men just before the start of the second half. But on the, like going to that game, though, just as, as we're just saying that, like that game there, it was something like... It wasn't, it wasn't, nah. a, it wasn't a spectacle. It was, it, was a, it was a dog fight. It was a relegation dog fight. It's what you expect when two teams are playing for their lives, but... Was that a red card? Nah, in my opinion, it was not a red card. I think mean, the, the speed they were oh going at, I think, made it look worse. And I think the reaction of Ryan Dow has sold the referee. But yeah. I don't think, I think, I believe it was Scondras. I don't believe Scondras went into hurt him. I don't think it's, I don't think there's any malice in it. I think he's just been caught. <laughs> I still think the challenge was a fair speed and it was a fair, there was a fair amount of power put into that. But at the same time, I don't think it was a red card. No, I think he's tried to hurt him. And then obviously that's Hamilton held on for a while, and then County his pressure just inevitably told towards them. But I think a point, and on reflection, was probably most deserving of the both for both of them. Yeah, but probably a better point for Ross County than it was for Hamilton because they were travelling. But I think both managers will have taken it. Yeah, but Martin, going on to Martin Cannon though, like. I, the thing is with Martin Cannon, see when you just see him right do his interviews and stuff, right? He doesn't seem like a very inspiring motivational guy when you look mm. at me like oh, he's dull 
Like, I don't know how he can really... I, I don't know, but fair, fair point, I'm right, but he doesn't like, look like he really can inspire To follow Bibbles, on but from Alex Neal, yeah. a man that looks like he can fire up... Hard shoes to fill. And then, I do believe Martin Canning has had to, to step into a very difficult job. It's already a difficult job, even no matter the way Neil's left that job, it's still difficult. And then he's came in, he's still kept them up. He has. It's looking like he's going to keep them up. Obviously, I'm... Well, well it... If, it, obviously there's still a lot of football still a lot, players. yeah but they're in a good position right now but if you if you would have offered Hamilton to be 10th rather than 12th going into the like the rock, I think there's 6 points ahead of Kil- uh, Inverness now yeah and 1 point ahead of Motherwell I believe so they would have taken that before because he took over um, the job 2 seasons ago am I right yeah it was 2 seasons ago he took over yeah yeah it was yeah, yeah. And he took, took over to, uh, two seasons ago, and well, last season it was just keep them up, and he did that. A club like, I don't mean to sound disrespectful to Hamilton, but at the end of the day, a club like Hamilton, where they don't have the same resources, that even a club like, fair enough, we all talk about how St. Johnson operate on limited resources, but Hamilton are a different, that's a different sort of team to everyone else. Hamilton rely heavily on youth, a lot of sell on youth players, loan players in some cases. It's, 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 they, they just, they're happy to stay in the Premier League. And they've got a good asset in Ali Crawford. Ali Crawford. Which should go on to bigger and better things. Nathan Redmond as well. I, I rate him. I rate Nathan Redmond. Uh, Eamon Brophy as well. And Dougie, Dougie Emery still Dougie cutting Emery. him out somehow. See, I've seen a lot of hate for the signing of Donati. But I think the wonderful, an absolute wonderful finish at the weekend. But he, he's been a player for them this season. He's been important for them. When they go to places like Ibrox, when they go to Parkhead, when they go to Pataudry... All the younger players in the squad are looking to the experience and I think Donati brings it. And Hamilton have, well, this season, they've got a good record against Aberdeen. Ah, yeah, they do. They do indeed. <laughs> like, it was a few weeks ago they beat uh, Aberdeen 1-0. That's, that's, what, that's yeah. what I mean. Hamilton, Hamilton were doing nothing for... And Hamilton pretty much dominated that game. Even McInnes said, well, like, we've done everything it's but score. You, you couldn't criticise Aberdeen for that performance because they'd done everything they could. The ball just wasn't falling in the net. But well, I, a wee quick mention of Jim McIntyre. He's... Uh, I feel as we've done a, a good solid job at the, I mean, Ross County. Jim McIntyre's in a similar sort of they Ross County will be happy to stay in the Premier League. Yeah. They they'll take a they'll take stock at, over the summer, they'll look at what they can do, what what is realistic for them. I think winning the cup for them that, that that's that's their moment. See they obviously they had the Scottish Cup final. They knocked out Celtic in the semi final. Yeah, they had that a couple of years ago and they ultimately lost to Dundee United. But winning the League Cup, eh, Magical for a club like uh, Ross County. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like it just fans shows get, you. Fans get their day out. Like the Highland clubs, in Inverness and Ross County. Inverness won the Scottish Cup in the uh, twenty fourteen season. The, it's a, it's a, it's Have you seen a, Oh, sorry, to cut you off, but you notice a pattern here. Inverness <laughs> knocked out Celtic in the semis, and Ross County knocked out Celtic in the semis. It's unreal the change that took place in the Highlands over the last couple yeah. of years as well. They they went from being such a hotbed of Scottish football, they were difficult to play against. And then, just seemingly the last couple of seasons, they've just crept back down the table. I feel as though the Highland Derby's lost that interest. That, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you, the Highland the, Derby, the fans of Scottish football, the Highland Derby, and the this this once the split takes place, that's going to be a big game. I feel as though see the Highland Derby when it had its most interest was when Butcher, Zamores, Butcher and uh, Derry Adams, because they were just right mm. each other's throats. It was McIntyre's a, nice, a nice guy, Richie Foran. Uh, obviously, I said he was a bit of a. A, bat- a battler earlier but I think both of them are nice guys both of them won't be at it that much in the dugout but then again relegation does strange things to people so yeah it does it does but um, Hamilton take the wedge up 
I mean, Inverness, Inverness are going down, and I can see a, a beam between Motherwell and Hamilton for that last that last playoff spot. I mean, County, I reckon County, Dundee, and Kelly. I mean, Kelly are safe. I mean, Kelly, no matter what, I mean, Kelly are going to pick up points. I think Dundee will start picking up points. It's more Motherwell and Hamilton. I think they need to be. Yeah, Lancashire to the two Lancashire teams. Mm, I mean, I mean that would be an interesting. Oh, who knows? Might see that in the championship next season. Nah, the Lancashire derby. <laughs> I mean, I mean it would take a spectacular run of form for Inverness to get out of that. Nah, I think Inverness are gone. But my final prediction on who will finish twelfth and who will finish eleventh. Um, I think it will be Inverness twelfth and Motherwell in the playoffs. Oh, and who knows? Who knows? We need to wait and see. What do you think? Do you think Motherwell will go down? I actually think they'll play Falkirk. Just in my opinion, I think it'll be Falkirk and Motherwell in the playoffs. I've just got a wee feeling about Falkirk. I mean, moving on to the championship, I think Dundee United are the team that you've got to say should have enough to get to the playoff final. But Morton, Morton are there as well. Falkirk are there. Difficult teams to play against. I feel as though, right, if Dundee United come up ne- uh, next season, right, if Dundee United come up, I think they'll struggle. I really think they'll struggle. Uh, if they come Dundee United definitely they struggle without the Premier League football aspect. But Ray McKinnon, it was always going to be a tough ask. To, I think they lost half their more than half their squad. And Hibs have like really Hibs were built Hibs over the last were, Hibs are a force now. Hibs fair enough they've been limping over the line, but Hibs are they were a class above everyone in that league. Yeah, the thing I think quite bizarre. I'm thinking, why are they, why are they criticising him? Um, a lot of Hibs fans have been criticising Neil Lennon this season, right? But they've been criticising like the standard of football. The football's not been good enough. But result, Hibs, Hibs are getting results. I think they're sitting top of the league. If they I win think, one more I game, they're in the league. Is, I, think, I think what the fans want is they're going Easter Road and they're seeing them eke out these two one wins over Rafe Rovers and they're struggling. But Hibs the fans are expecting, it's rightly so, are expecting that these teams come Easter Road and then you get hit for six or hit for three or whatever but they haven't been doing that they were doing it at the start but then they slowly started to just creep back into the old tips but I don't see them bought on it I think one win away from the title now I don't, I don't see them so what do you think do you think they'll be able to keep a hold of Jason Cummins I think Jason Cummins will play in the Premier League next year I don't think he'll play in England I think he'll be in the top flight with Hibs with Hibs do you think yep. Yeah, because at the start of the season Hibs not back a bid from Peterborough 1.8 million is that right 1.8 million if, it was if, a lot of money. It was. I'm sure. I'm thinking it was around Hibs, that figure. Jason Cummins is gold to to Hibs. He's guaranteed goals. And I think if they if they can what, say they even got to the if they got to the Scottish Cup and done the done the unthinkable and got their double, there that's them European uh, European football next season as well. And They're I mean, quite unfortunate to go out as well. Uh, this season. Bro, uh, Bronby, Bronby done. The, yeah, because Jason Cummings. Uh, I'm not a fan of uh, Jason Cummings as a human being, <laughs> but. He is a fantastic footballer. He is a real top footballer. I I, I love Jason Cummins. I think, I think his whole attitude is. I think it's. I think it's what you need. I think a modern footballer. I think Jason Cummins is that sort of guy. He doesn't get affected by the pressure. I think he goes out consistently, big games, and he if he makes a mistake, he recovers from it. Like the Dundee United semi final, uh, the Scottish Cup last year. Uh, when I think he, when he he chipped, he was it was last year when he went. Oh, he done yeah. And he, he chipped it and he missed, and everyone thought, well, oh, that's it. Hibs have done it now. Hibs have hibsed it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then they went to the penalty shoot. Jason Cummins stepped up, hits the penalty, puts it in the back of the net. So that's a, he's still a young player and he's recovered from that and went in and just put his penalty in. I think Lennon's the right guy to like keep him under a leash mm. and keep him under control. I mean, they've been some good signings this year. I mean, Holt, as much as that was 
wasn't uh, very popular among Scottish football fans. He's a journeyman, but I'll be see if he's there next season. Mm. He'll not be playing week in week out. He'll just no, he be won't. a bit part player. I mean, Jason Cummins and James Keatons, they'll be the they'll, they'll be the, the strikers for Hibs. Yeah, I can see that. But um, Saint Mirren, Saint Mirren, right? Jack Ross, <laughs> my God, what what a job that guy's done. How? What? When? When have you ever heard of another man, a manager coming in in January, signing a player, stripping another player of a captaincy, and giving it to the sign? That was that was a big that was a big chance he took because that would uh, see if that didn't, that could have set that could have made uh, uh, it could uh, be a lot of unrest in dressing that signing that signing McGinn like they did in January. So that's a phenomenal signing. He's a Premier. League. He could easily play in the top in the top flight for a number of top. I mean, I actually would go as far as say every club in the Premier League with. If with exception of Celtic would have took him. I mean they would have all taken if you would have offered them again, they'd have took it they'd have taken that. Well that's the thing, like as you said, like as as we just said there, that could have caused a lot of uh, unrest in the dressing room. But he took the chance, Jack Ross, and it's obviously worked out. And I feel so the tide turned for St. Mirren when Jack Ross had that discussion with St. Mirren fans mm-hmm. after the game and that's, that just shows you the kind of guy Jack Ross is. And they brought in a number of players in January as well. They, was, I believe well, I believe Cammy Smith from Aberdeen, his loan was cancelled at Dundee United, went to St Mirren. Uh, they got McGinn, they got a uh, Dundee, Dundee striker, Rory Loy, they brought him in as well. Yeah. And I believe it was someone else. And he's just brought all these other players, he's just brought these players together, reunited a whole squad that was falling apart. And then... Because see if they kept a hold of Alex Ray, it would have just ended. Uh, I, 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 I never thought that. I thought that was a poor appointment in the first place. It, when I seen that, I was like Alex Ray. That was just a bit left field. But Alex Ray, it's, um, I like Alex Ray. I liked him when he was a player for Rangers as well. But he's in denial. I heard him on Super Scoreboard a few months I ago. Think his, but, uh, I think the pro- the, I think the moment that he started to fall apart at St Mirren was when he said that when he made the comments about the young players and that the young players wouldn't keep them up. I believe he said something along those lines, that he wasn't willing to put the trust into you. And then he has one. I feel as soon as you said that, when you're at a club like St Mirren, St Mirren and Falkirk, I feel They heavily rely on this, yeah. Falkirk and St Mirren have similar sort of pathways into the first team, and that's St Mirren's bread and butter. They bring these young players through. Like John McGinn, John McGinn's came through at St Mirren. He, there's players like that, and then him basically just to tarnish all that and basically say... I'm not pointing them. Yeah, Kenny McLean as well. Kenny McLean. Yeah. But that just shows you what a, what a job. Like, but I was, I was just about to say there, Alex Ray was on Super Scoreboard a few months ago and the St. Mary fan just phoning in, <laughs> giving them pelters. And his response was his, his big uh, defence comeback was, he was like, Oh, you're forgetting about the cup run we had, the challenge cup run. And you're like, Oh, sh- Alex, shut I've, up. As much, I was always about to bring up as well. Uh, St. Mary had a lot of. About, it was St. Mary, wasn't it, that were playing TNS? In the semi final? Yes, yes. It was. St. Mirren, well, whether Scottish people admit it or not, because it's the, the Diddy Cup, St. Mirren had the pride of Scotland on their shoulders for that game. Like Scotland v Wales, that was another thing. Could you imagine the utter just humiliation, the, yeah. the absolute carnage that would have happened if a Welsh team had came up to Scotland? In, in this cup competition and got to the final. And beat us, uh, beat us, uh, I mean, Spell beat St. Mirren in the, like, the Challenge Cup. Mm-hmm. A Scottish I, I, Cup. I, I, yeah. I believe it was at the phase of the 2020 stadium as well. So St. Mirren were at home. And if that was under Alex Ray, I believe they would have lost. I don't think they would have won that game. That's a good chance. And I mean, he's, took, he's then took them into the final. Fair enough, they've lost to a strong Dundee United performance on the day. But St. Mirren won. 
St. Mirren also beat a Premiership side. They beat Dundee 3-0. Beat Dundee comfortably. Aye. And then they, they went to Parkhead and put and it the first took, half the, took the lead. Aye, and the first half they were, they were brilliant. Or I think they missed a chance to go 2-0 up as well before Celtic equalised. That's right, aye. So. But also, uh, Alex Ray, he signed Kyle Hutton. <laughs> and that is Kyle Hutton, in my opinion, is the worst footballer I've ever, <laughs> ever seen. And he's blocked me on Twitter and I'm so happy about that. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Kyle Hutton and I would tell this, I would actually say this to his face. I hate him. But I don't hate him. I hate him as a footballer, not personally, but as a footballer he is rank rotten. But, uh, moving on, Jack Ross, great job. He's Jack done Ross, a great job. Jack Ross is as immersed as a candidate for manager of the year and not, in all of Scotland. And, and I know these people will be like, Brendan Rodgers, Brendan Rodgers got to be it. But Jack Ross, bear in mind that he took over this club in January. How many points were they be, like behind ninth? Like how many I, points? I believe I, I I don't quote me entirely, but I believe it was sitting around five seven points, around about five or seven, and they brought that back, and they're now sitting above relegation. But what a job, honestly, Jack Ross, great job he's done, and fair play to him, and it's nice to see him doing well in St Mirren. Mm-hmm. They've shocked us all. Everyone said they were going to go down, and say. Uh, Looking very unlikely at this point. So uh, moving on to the the big one. Um, <laughs> the, big, the interesting game of the weekend. The big one. <laughs> um, the one that me and John James decided to leave to last. Um, Aberdeen v Rangers. Uh, Rangers won 3-0. And looking at the scoreline, you would think if you, you didn't watch the game... It was, Rangers, almost, it was almost a complete reverse. Yeah, the first see action. when you look at the scoreline, right, normally, if you didn't watch the game and you see the scoreline, you'd be thinking, Rangers hammered Aberdeen. But really, when you if you watch the game, it wasn't like that. It was, it was a fairly even I'm, game. I'm it willing, was. I'm willing to say that the opening ten minutes of that game was the most fast-paced, frantic game of football I have ever watched. I mean, obviously, I was at the game. The players came out the tunnel. There seemed to be a bit of a. It was. There was overall, it was not. There wasn't really a dull moment in the game. It was really end to end stuff. It was in the third minute. You had Ryan Jack and Joe Garner going at it in the middle, right in the middle, yeah. of the and I'm happy the ref. Never made a stupid decision there. I mean, I think if he'd have sent, if he'd have, if he'd have sent Garner, if he'd have sent yeah, that would have just been. Or if he'd have sent both of them carnage, off. Yeah. I feel like if you were gonna send, if you were sending one of them off, you had to send the other one off. I feel like they were both equally to blame in that situation. I mean, Garner initiated the. He, he oh, he's a very. He, ini- he, he likes ini- to put himself about he initiated, Garner. He initiated the 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 head to head scenario, and Jack wasn't willing to back out of it and I think Garner got a, a shock at that I think he sort of expected Jack to be like oh well we'll yeah. let him walk away but Jack had none of that he's wearing an armband he's got to he's got to show a bit of fight to, for his teammates well that's what I'm not like, I've been quite critical of Joe Garner this season right but one thing I like about him he's got a lot of fight in him he's got like he likes to put himself about but this season he's not really lived up to that price tag of uh, mm. the 1.8 million uh, fee I think a return for a player that scored <coughs> did he not score like twenty eight goals or something? He for did. He, yeah, he's, he's done. He's done well at Preston, but he's really struggled to find his feet in Scottish football. He has, mm-hmm. but Kenny, Kenny Miller. What more can be said, John James? Kenny Miller, give that man a new deal. That guy has been brilliant for us all season. He's been our best player by far, and he's my favourite player now. I love Kenny Miller a bit. And first goal, his two goals were. I think, good finishes. I think the first goal I've never been critical. You know, I actually thought that hit the side net because I was watching it in the pub. I'm like, is that went in? And then actually we see Kenny go to Kenny, Kenny run away to celebrate. I'm like, yes, come on. I, I, I've never been critical of Joe Lewis since since that that the the miss kick against Maribor 
in the Europa League qualifier. Oh, I've never been critical of Jules. I, I would even be willing to say that Jules is easily one of the best goalkeepers in the league. And I he's had a good season, he has. And I think it was one of the very rare mistakes that he made. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not letting the defence off. I think the defence poorly closed down. And I think Jack gave away the ball very stupidly, which then led to the Rangers going forward. But Jules, goalkeeper, got to palm it out away from the goal and he pammed it straight to Kenny Miller I'm not taking anything away from the finish the finish was an absolute pile driver but Joe Lewis has got to put that out he's got to send it at least out for the corner he does not put that straight back to Kenny Miller I feel as so in the second half um, for the majority of the second half you were the better side but then in the last 20 minutes that's where we started to take over it seemed like for the second half it was more of a case of when Aberdeen were going to score and it's, it, that's the way the game was going that's what I was thinking yeah it was, I think we had some very good opportunities Kenny McLean uh, on the half volley Fodringham saved it very well Rooney going clean or not clean through he went he got played through by Anthony O'Connor and saved that and then there was another one with Rooney and then Rooney was on the half volley and he saved that oh, again oh yeah, yeah we got, I remember that one that uh, was, uh, that was uh, I, I remember that so clearly because that was like uh, he, sh- he should have buried that he really should have see I have sympathy for Adam because it was on his left foot and it was coming over his shoulder and then he had to t- spin and hit and I think Rooney's I mean anyone who's watched Adam Rooney this season knows that he's a he's a six yard box on the topic of Adam Rooney um, he should have been sent off um, that um, elbow even if it wasn't deliberate still he elbowed the guy he did he, el- he elbowed Danny Wilson clearly I, I don't I think if you're on the if you're on the business of technicalities then I wouldn't arguably should have had a penalty when McGinn was filled in the first half I mean it's, uh, nothing was made of it at the time because I, obviously I, I, I was at the game so I didn't get the benefit of a replay but at the time I thought nothing of it but see having seen the replay in most games that would be a penalty but McGinn just didn't, didn't seem to like, call for it I, mean, I feel like I think it was Wilson I think it was actually Wilson that came across it looked like Wilson knew that he'd done something and then when there was no claims he was like oh well get the ball let's on go. the topic of Danny Wilson I thought that that was the best game I've seen Danny Wilson Danny Wilson, in, in, Danny Wilson. I wouldn't be honest I think that was the best game Danny Wilson performed in since he we sent for Rangers Danny Wilson had been sent off in his last four appearances uh, he'd been sent off twice in his last three appearances against Aberdeen going into the, the first game at Pretoria and he's not been and I think having Bates beside him kind of forced Wilson to then have to be a bit more experienced and show Bates what he's meant to be. Yeah, I thought, I Bates, thought Bates looked a bit shaky at times. I was, I was actually, I thought Bates, uh, <coughs> pardon me, I thought Bates handled the occasion well. I think he ba- did. I think Bates. I thought he put Bates a decent performance when Hayes or McGinn were running, was running at him. But when the ball was in the air, he was fine. He was fine doing that. We were playing one up front. Rooney can't make it between two centre backs to win the ball. So when he's unchallenged, then he's going to win the header. But. I don't feel we put enough pressure on the younger players in the Rangers team. I think if we'd have put more pressure on them, I think we could have, and more than likely we would have got the goal. But I think we wasted too many opportunities. I don't feel we deserve to lose at 3-0, but I also think a draw was probably the fair result. I wouldn't say we deserve to win it because we didn't take our chances. But Rangers just... I don't, I don't even know how to explain that seven and a half minute spell that happened. Like, you know, that was just like out of nowhere. It was like 2 0, then 3 0. I'm like, it was what's just, going on? It was silly Joe mis- Dudu, he was. It was silly mistakes. It was. What? It was. The first goal went in, and McInnes rightly said in his, his after match uh, press conference that I wouldn't, I wouldn't players should have, when we went 1 0 down, regrouped, refocused, and went again. Because we've scored. I can't remember. Can't remember we've scored a lot of goals in the last 10 minutes of games this season, and we just collapsed. 
we just collapsed and I don't, I don't understand why and I don't see but there was a moment in the game where Anthony O'Connor started arguing with Ryan Jack that was after the first goal so I feel like them two arguing on the pitch caused a bit of disruption between the midfield and the defence and I think if you watch the second goal the kickoff we went we went straight up and we lost it and the midfield just were left the midfield were just stranded and I'm not even going to get started on the Ash, Ash Taylor and Anthony O'Connor I don't have a clue what they were both planning <laughs> I don't I don't know what they were thinking Ash Taylor in my opinion had an absolute shocker for you he was he was terrible that he really was. I think, I thought, he, I, I, it's, in the first half, I thought Aldi were fine. The defence looked fine. Midfield looked fine. And then the second half started, we looked dangerous. We were going forward. And it's just that, that last spell, the defence just went to nothing. I, I never criticised Shea Logan. But I thought Shea Logan, for the third goal, didn't go into Dodo. Uh, do, uh, Joe Dodo. Dodo. Yeah, Joe Dodo, Dodo, yeah. Uh, he, sh- he didn't go in. He should have went in. He should have closed him down, and I think he's a he's a younger player. I mean, you know the younger player is going to then try and get it on his, his his stronger foot and charge forward. And I think Logan, with his experience, should have seen that, and he didn't. He just didn't make the challenge, and he just went back across Joe Lewis, and Joe Lewis is just left stranded. But I just I, I don't. I'm, I letting, I'm letting you vent here, I mate. Think, I'm letting you vent, and I'm, I'm just loving it. <laughs> I think I would need to take from this game. This does not define our season. It's a freak result. The only other team that's hit us for more than three goals is Celtic. We've only been beaten twice at home this season, and now that's off of Celtic and Rangers. And I think we need to go into the games in the coming weeks knowing we're still very much in the driving seat. I said, uh, that's what I said during the game in the second half, I was like, whoever gets the first goal is winning this. And obviously we got the first goal and we just kicked on. And then I felt as though the Aberdeen players were just so down right after that, like, oh, God's sake, how are we going to get back in this? Then... Go right back up the pitch, two 0 then three. I, f- I think that's the most important thing. I think we need. I would need to to simply move on to the next game, take it as we cut as it comes, not focus on this freak result. Move on. It's in the past now, and we look to just secure second. It was uh, in my thoughts. Uh, will we finish second? Um, no, I think it's too little, too late, unfortunately for us. But that was a good result. It really was. It was a great performance. Good result. I was impressed. But it's too little too late. Like too much damage has already been done. Aberdeen are nine points clear. And nah, it's unfortunately we will we won't finish second. But we've still got the cup to go for. We've got Celtic, it's gonna be really tough. And Scottish Cup weekend coming up next yeah, weekend. Yeah, aye, that's the cat I'm looking forward to that one. But I mean, is it going into Celtic game quite uh, and just quickly say this. If we we need to go into the Celtic game with momentum, we do. We need like we need to beat Thistle this weekend and go into this game. It's, confidence it's, and obviously that game beating you 3 up at Audrey which I, is a really really tough place to go that is hopefully that would have gave the players a lot of confidence and that will really like motivate well, us we, to kick on for the rest I mean, of the we've season got, we've got a difficult game coming up St Johnson away St Johnson away is never never an easy game no no matter uh, the circumstances yeah we drew with them earlier on in the season but uh, St Johnson's a hard place to go obviously. I, think, I think there's got to be a reaction we've got to get the win and then we've got to go into the semi-final against an in-form Hibs team so some people would argue they've been drawn up but they're, uh, there's two there's two still, the semi-finals are going to be they're still not time. losing I think mean, I wouldn't need to go into the Hibs game still believing that the team is capable of going to a Scottish Cup semi-final uh, a Scottish Cup final 
securing second in the next coming weeks, and then it's still a good season. It's a good season considering the circumstances of how unbelievably um, bit much better than Celtic have been. Uh, well, this season for us, um, in my opinion, it's been it's been a poor season that has. I expected a lot more. I did not expect. I said this in uh, the second podcast. I did not expect Rangers to win the league at all this season, but I thought you would have at least given Celtic some sort I of a challenge. I don't think considering anyone, the, I don't yeah, think considering the signs we made, no one anticipated Celtic to be no. And see the signs we made in the summer, right on paper, guys like Joey Barton, Nico Cranshaw, you're thinking. Okay, Rangers could do something. I said at the time I thought Cranshaw was a dodgy sign. It was, but with he's his recent injuries that he's had. He's uh, met me back. Uh, he's got one what's, more year left, so he's met me. What's the deal with this Jordan Rossiter? Jordan Rossiter, eight to ten days. That's all. That's what we've been hearing from Mark <laughs> Warburton. That's what all we heard from Mark Warburton. When he, anytime we got asked a question about Jordan Rossiter, went, oh, he's uh, eight to ten days. Uh, John Spanier, blah blah blah. A lot of nonsense. But see, John Rossiter, we get a sky fit. He really could be a player for I've us. I've never seen any evidence suggest that he's going to be this. He, he's got the potential to be a, a real good player, but we just need to get him fat. <laughs> we just need to get him fat. I don't know what the deal is. No, I don't, nobody knows. Nobody knows. But uh, going on to the topic of Pedro Cassina, um, I've said to many Rangers fans, um, I would not have appointed him. I would have went for your manager, <laughs> Derek McInnes. But Pedro Cassina, um, when you look at his CV... Uh, compare uh, his CV is not very unheard of. Uh, his CV is not great, and see when you compare, everyone's got the fears of oh, is this going to be another Paul Gwen? See when you look at the Gwen CV, the <laughs> Gwen CV, CV squashes Casino CV, and like Paul Gwen was not. I'm like see Paul Gwen. Paul Gwen is not a bad manager. He just it just didn't work out at Rangers. Yeah, because. Look at like the Gwen won the the French League with Leon twice, two or three times, I think. And he's not a bad manager, just just didn't work out uh, at Rangers and he was Le Gwen was trying to bring out like new ideas, like he tried to introduce the four two three one system to uh, the Rangers team and the players went buying it, Ferrix and Boyd's like, what is this all about? What's this? But Le Gwen had the right ideas See, but he just it just didn't work that's, out. That's the system that has Alberton te- Alberton fans turn their hair out right now. Is we only play four two three one. Oh, you're having to be a bit of the Warburton. We only syndrome. well, we we're winning. We're winning with it. It's just if Plan A doesn't work. Oh, do oh, Plan A better. Say, say, <laughs> saying that though, McInnes did start to. Well, you've seen it when we started getting late goals against Motherwell, Partick. Uh, I think there was another one. I can't remember who it was. He made three subs and we start playing. Three, we we changed to three five two. If we're going towards the end of a game and we feel like we can win it. So he does make that sense and he plays Ryan Jack centre back. That's that's not because he knows actually changed up the system. Like under Warburton, that was a like that's another topic for another day, so I'll be here having a big man Warburton <laughs> for ages. But yeah, that's not like because he knew it's something different and obviously I would not appoint him, but he's here now and I really hope he does well and he's here now so I just need to get behind him. So final thoughts in the Aberdeen Rangers game. Um I'm over the moon with the result, good result, but I think it's just too little, too late. And this season, uh, no, no, this season, this weekend, you have uh, St Johnson. St Johnson this weekend. Which will be, be, a, be a tough game. Tough game. And uh, hopefully St Johnson uh, will do us a wee favour. <laughs> and we've got uh, Partick Thistle this weekend. Partick so Thistle or no pushovers either. I wrote, I know, I know. So we've played Thistle twice this season and we played, the uh, first time we played them beating two in our Ibrox. Partick Thistle have got to play Celtic. And we, we, luckily, we luckily beat them at Fur Hill 2 1. Luckily, uh, by Joe Dudu came on from the bench and saved us. If the split fixtures obviously haven't been announced yet, if the split fixtures work the way they're meant to, Partick will play Celtic Rangers and Aberdeen at home. 
it'll be an interesting end to the season I think it will, it will. so uh, that's it from us uh, John James thank you very much for being on the podcast uh, enjoyed it aye so who knows this might be a regular <laughs> occurrence and so that's all from us uh, guys uh, until next time I'll see you soon